Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Madeline Fox. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd. Missouri lawmakers will gavel in the 2024 legislative session this afternoon. But where did they leave off last year? The 2023 session had a promising start. A budget surplus meant more money to work with. In politics, though, few things go according to plan. But first, some headlines. The digital portal that provides access to Kansas court case information is back online following an October cyber attack. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports. Kansans can again access court case information and pay fees online using the Kansas District Court Public Access Portal. It and several other court systems were inaccessible for months after the cyber attack, forcing courts across the state to operate by paper. The judicial branch says some information on the portal is temporarily outdated as courts digitize records from the past few months. It's one of the last court systems to be restored following the October incident, which officials say was a sophisticated foreign cyber attack. The Kansas City Council is poised to vote next week on whether to make it illegal for landlords to reject someone just because of how they pay rent. This would include people who use housing vouchers or receive government benefits. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas supports the policy. All we're saying is that you can't put on your ad, you know, we don't accept Section 8 vouchers. We don't accept people on disability. We don't accept people on certain pension plans or retirement incomes. The mayor and five council members support the legislation. It needs at least seven votes to pass. As of this week, it costs a lot more to use Johnson County's microtransit on-demand transportation service in the county. Here's more from KCUR's Laura Ziegler. Microtransit works like Uber. It's an app that allows you to order rides on demand throughout designated areas in Johnson County and the greater Kansas City metro. Before Monday, it costs either 3 to $5 per ride, depending on where you were and where you were going. With the price hike, it's now $5 for the first five miles and an additional $2 for each mile after that. The Johnson County Board of Commissioners authorized the fare increase while they conduct a long-term transit service study. Commission Chair Mike Kelly has said the increase Increases are, quote, extremely competitive with other services. More of Kansas City Today after this. It's the first day of Missouri's 2024 legislative session, and lawmakers have a lot of plans. But they did last year, too. The promise of a record budget surplus got 2023 off to a hopeful start in Missouri politics. But before long, lawmakers were mired in some familiar patterns. KCUR's Brian Ellison spoke with Jason Hancock of the Missouri Independent about the year in Show Me State Government and about what it might all mean for this legislative session and election season. Jason Hancock, if you look back on all of the stories you've covered in 2023 in the Missouri Independent, what do you think are one or two of the top ones? I think the you know, in a session that wasn't incredibly productive during, you know, the 2023 session, bills that targeted the transgender community are probably the ones that rose to the top the quickest. 
There's a lot of reasons for that. I think that it was an issue that was sort of primed by national politics to be really front of mind for a lot of Republican lawmakers. There was also a whistleblower that came forward at Washington University who made some pretty serious allegations about how the transgender center in uh, at Washington University in St. Louis was conducting itself. And so that really gave a lot of momentum to issues that, you know, when we came into 2023, it was all about, well, transgender kids playing sports. And we certainly, we tackled that issue legislatively as well. But where most of the energy kind of focused was this around providing gender affirming care to minors and implementing a, a ban on that, that has had a lot of ramifications over the months since it first passed. Yeah, and it's still playing out even as the year came to an end. I, I guess a, another thing that stood out to me in the legislative session, Jason, was the the financial reality for the state of Missouri, which just seemed uh, as as positive as ever. Yeah, it's pretty unusual. The governor lays out his budget, and then usually there's a lot of horse trading. This year, once it got to the Senate, it just ballooned. You saw money being poured in. <laughs> Everybody you know, gets the what they want. I know it was well, it was one of the few moments of pure joy I'm sure that the Missouri Senate's seen in years. But um, you know, you had the governor suggesting, well, let's spend a large amount of money on two really congested areas of I-70. This is a good example of this, and this was that was his vision: was that Winsville um, in the St. Louis suburbs, and then right outside of the Kansas City suburbs, um, we're going to get a major overhaul of I-70. And when it got to the Senate, they said, well, we've got all this money. Why don't we just do it? We have the money. Let's just do it. So now we're embarking on this years-long quest to rebuild the entire span of I-70 across the state, which is as long as I've been in Missouri, which is more than a decade now of covering politics here, that's been something we've talked about needing. Um, and we've just sort of said, well, we'll get there. Should we do tolls? No, we hate tolls. We can't raise taxes. Well, that's out. We don't have the money to do it. It's too expensive. This year, we, we, we did it. They put the money in. And, you know, it's it's moving forward. So and now we enter into 2024 session that uh, starts January 3rd. And we're going to see a, a, still a massive budget surplus. Revenues have cooled a little bit. So I don't think you're going to see the, the spending spree that we've seen in the past. But, you know, Missouri financially is in pretty good shape thanks to, you know, federal spending, increased tax revenue, increased sales taxes. Um, and, you know, as along with the nation sort of dodged any sort of inflationary fears of a recession, you know, put the budget in really good position. You know, before we jump into the looking forward to 2024, both the legislative session and the election year, I do want to ask you about one other story from 2023. And that's uh, Missouri state elected officials ethics. Uh, you at The Independent broke a couple of stories uh, involving uh, key Missouri leaders. Yeah, I mean, the big one that's going to have ramifications heading into the 2024 session is is Dean Plocker. He's the Speaker of the House. He lives in St. Louis County, and he's facing a number of accusations of wrongdoing stemming from his behavior in 2023. So he's been accused of threatening nonpartisan staff as he was pushing for this massive contract to manage constituent information, threatening their jobs, threatening to fire them if they didn't do as he says. He's you know, admitted to stealing from the state, although he says it was an accident, by seeking reimbursement from the state for things that he had already paid for using campaign money. So sort of the double dipping accusation. He's faced some allegations that uh, he fired staff within his office, namely his chief of staff, as retribution. There's been talk that there's maybe some whistleblower concerns there. So there's a number of different things. There's been an ethics complaint filed. The House Ethics Committee, which has the power to punish a lawmaker, they can censure, they can recommend expulsion, they can recommend any number of things. 
has had three hearings on this. They're expected to continue their investigation into the 2024 legislative session. No really um, end date set, but um, there's been plenty of calls for Plocker to resign, saying this is a distraction, saying that he's he's not lived up to his oath of office. He's vehemently refused any calls for his resignation and denied any wrongdoing. But this is the most powerful man in the Missouri House, and he's facing this cloud of suspicion and possible punishment from his colleagues. So it's definitely going to have an impact moving forward. Let's take a look ahead to 2024, that legislative session you mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of bills pre-filed every year. Sometimes they're a good indicator of what the hot topics for the session will be. Sometimes they aren't. What are you expecting in the 2024 legislative session, Jason? It's really hard to say. I mean, as we've talked about numerous times on your show, like the Missouri Senate has not functioned in years in any sort of, you know, real normal way. And that's under the best of circumstances. <laughs> um, you've had these sort of factional infighting between Republicans that have caused gridlock that there's really you don't see a whole lot getting done going back two, three years now. And um, the, no... the best of circumstances would be years that are not featuring elections where many of those senators are running against each other. That's absolutely right. You know, 2024 is going to see, by my count right now, there are five of 34 senators running for statewide office, two of whom are running against each other, one of whom running for governor against the lieutenant governor who presides over the Senate. Um, there's really just a lot of all of the bad blood that has existed for years now has an electoral motivation behind it. Go over to the House and you have numerous state reps that are running against each other for seats in the state Senate. They're not going to be pretty uh, excited about working things out or giving the other guy credit. And then again, we go back to Dean Plocker's ethics scandal. You know, that could suck up a lot of energy that would otherwise be spent um, focusing on legislation. So there's not a lot of people are walking into the 2024 legislative session with with low expectations for for what's going to happen. And then on top of it all, just usually during an election year, things get a little bit batty. We start to go a little bit out of <laughs> out of left field with with proposals as folks try to grab headlines and grab attention. So again, like as you noted, under the best of circumstances, the legislature has been quite dysfunctional of late. And an election year is certainly not considered the best of circumstances. Well, then maybe we can turn to the election itself for some sense of direction or guidance for the state. We're certainly ramping up for battles uh, over abortion uh, as the those who are seeking signatures for initiative petitions uh, are are ramping up their operation. What else are we expecting in this year's elections? I think the legislature, if they do anything of huge consequence this year, they really want to do initiative petition changes. They want to make it harder to amend the Constitution through the IP process, um, specifically because of what you mentioned, the idea of one or more abortion rights amendments getting onto the 2024 ballot. If they can preempt that, if they can get something on the August ballot, where we vote in the primary that raises the bar, that that would make it harder for the abortion rights community in November. That's a very big if. They've had no luck doing that in previous years. And there's very well-financed opposition to that idea. So even if they did get it on the ballot, they'd probably run into a buzzsaw of, of spending trying to stop that. But um, you also have, you know, every race in the Republican primary is going to be just a scrum. You're going to have multiple candidates fighting for, for because we've become such a Republican-leaning um, state that 
And a lot of these races, the August primary is the general election. And who gets out of that is going to be the next governor, attorney general, secretary of state. And I think a lot of eyes, if we're picking just one race, if I was forced to pick one race, a lot of eyes are going to be on that attorney general primary where you have an incumbent, but one who's never run for office before because he was appointed to the job and Andrew Bailey facing off against Will Scharf, who worked uh, as the legislative director for Eric Reitens before he resigned back in uh, 2018 worked for the U.S. Attorney's Office after that. This is That's going to be a very expensive primary. Both sides are loading up with campaign cash with the understanding that whoever wins that is going to be the heavy favorite to hold that for the Republicans in the fall. Missourians are going to know a lot of both good and terrible things about Will Sharp and Andrew Bailey before the August primary, thanks to what I assume will be a, an advertising barrage in the weeks and months ahead of it. If you had to... Uh... Name a theme that uh, that characterizes uh, the year just past and the year to come in Missouri government and politics. Jason Hancock, what would it be? I think if we're looking at 2023, the I would say dysfunction. You know, both legislatively and just um, you look at again like the ethics problems with Dean Plocker. Um, I think looking at 2024, you know, I think it's going to be MAGA. I think it's going to be Donald Trump. I think you're seeing everyone. Um, all of the Missouri candidates, like looking to his example as how to run a campaign and looking to his supporters for how to win a campaign. And um, you see that, you know, we talked about the attorney general primary, both sides are sort of falling all over each other, trying to win that endorsement because that is perceived as the silver bullet. You get Donald Trump's endorsement, you're gonna win the GOP primary in Missouri. And uh, so I think if I, if I was picking one word to describe the 2024 cycle with the election on the horizon, I would say MAGA. That was Missouri Independent Editor-in-Chief Jason Hancock. He spoke with KCUR's Brian Ellison. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Madeline Fox. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg. For all our coverage of the Missouri and Kansas legislative sessions, visit kcur.org, where you can also find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station and our partners. And please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us reach new listeners. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.